When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest podcast. I am Eric Kane, alongside Brent Hubbs and Austin Price. A lot going on here today on the show. We're going to get into Tennessee football, obviously the Georgia loss, Vanderbilt coming up. A lot of recruiting that we're going to talk today. Of course, the Maui Invitational is going on later today, Game 2. And, of course, we'll have all that coverage over at And I couldn't make this, uh, couldn't do this without our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. If you need roofing, siding, windows, or a garage, contact Exterior Home Solutions today. They've been local. They've been trusted since 1999. That phone number, you see it right there. It's 865-524-5888. You can visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. All right, guys, Tennessee, obviously not the outcome it wanted. Georgia is a really good football team, number one in the country. They played like at Austin Price on Saturday night. Tennessee, on the other hand, started off hot, and then that was about it. Um, expected outcome, but again, feels like Tennessee you know, could have played a whole lot better in this football game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tennessee seems to be limping uh, in uh, to the, the end of the season. They're banged up. They've got you know, multiple injuries on both sides of the ball, and you know, you're right. They they hit that big play on the first play of the game, and Nealon was rocking and was fantastic. And then after that, they kind of hung around for a minute, and then Georgia eventually just pulled away. Tennessee offensively, though, has just been a train wreck um, the last couple of weeks, um, and really has been a train wreck in second halves most of the season. Um, only uh, one touchdown offensively in SEC play since the calendar turned to October. Hover only four second half touchdowns offensively in SEC play all season. Yeah, they're just having a hard time. Um, you know, that just don't have the the counter for whatever people are doing to them, and uh, they've not been able to play sixty minutes, and um, they're just they're a shell of what I thought they would be offensively. They've run the football um, against some inferior opponents really well. Um, they ran the football really well against Texas A and M, who I don't think is inferior. I think that's a good defense. They ran the ball well against Kentucky. Uh, but then they've got into some three-man fronts and faced some three-man fronts the last couple of weeks that have given them some fits. I think some schematic things is something you have to look at your offseason to try to figure that out. My guess is Vanderbilt will try to run some three-man front. I don't know if they've got the personnel to be able to do it, but that, that's something that Tennessee's going to have to look at in the offseason because that seems to give them a little more trouble than some traditional four-man fronts do and, and make it harder for I think communication and IDs and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is Tennessee has not um, executed nearly well enough in any phase uh, of offensive football uh, in, in SEC play for the most part. There's been a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, they have not been able to um, to to be to just to execute well enough and, and make enough plays. Yeah, I mean the you know, common question we get asked every single week, and, and this is an off-season topic, but we can sidebar it real quick. I mean, why is that, right? I mean, is it quarterback? Is it receivers? Is it not as good on the offensive line? I, I think it's yes to all of it. I think it's a combination of everything. But something we keep coming back to, Austin, is 
you know, in this league, in this in college football, if you want to be a really good football team, you've got to have good quarterback play. Joe Milton's approved over the course of the season at, at points in times. The last two weeks, he is not. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not where you were last year. Knew you weren't going to be where you were last year in terms of that position, but the position's not good enough to win at a high level, and we've seen that this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the, the answer to the question you ask, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's a little bit of everything. Like, you know, Tennessee's not super dynamic at receiver. Um, they're not getting good enough quarterback play. I don't think that they're deep enough or as talented as they could be on the offensive line. And, you know, I do think the Tennessee running back position has been pretty pretty good. But, you know, okay. again, the way they, you know, rotate, I think it, you know, takes the ball out of Jalen Wright's hands, you know. And I get, like, flow of the game and stuff, but it's inexcusable to think that kid had two carries before the sixth, before he came back in. He didn't play series three, four, or five in the football game after going 75 yards on the first play of the game. Um, you know, so, like, you know, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, but the quarterback play is is, is – uh, to me, the, the thing that sticks out at the end of the day, Cooper Mays, John Campbell, Caleb Webb, Ramel Keaton, you know, they are are key pieces to the offense, but they're not the quarterback. And so, you know, we talked about this after the game on Saturday. You know, he's going to get you know a lot of praise when he plays well, a lot of blame when, when the offense doesn't play well. And uh, last the last two weeks, they've scored a grand total of 17 points. Yeah, I think there's two things, and again, we're sidebar and beyond. I mean, I think everybody's probably talked enough about what happened at Georgia. Those two yeah. teams could play 10 it's times. It's a welcome sidebar. And Tennessee's not going to win in, in that matchup, I don't think, any of those 10 times. But I think when, again, you start talking big picture, moving forward, um, maybe some this week, but I think when you talk about bowl game and next year, I, I think two, two elements to the offense that's missing – uh, and, and look, you can say every year you need to be more talented here, there. I mean, I think that's sure. probably always going to be the case. Yep. But elements that I think are missing from this offense, the, the lack of use of middle of the football field uh, in the passing game on a consistent basis. There's been moments, but not enough moments, where, where they have attacked teams in the middle of the field to try to take advantage of some of those wide splits. Uh, that stands out to me when I look at this offense big picture. The other thing, too, is the lack of tempo. And – yeah, part of it's first down. They didn't make enough first downs, but they've just not been as fast. With the exception of the Kentucky game, where I thought they got into tempo and kind of wore Kentucky down, they've been, by their standards, methodical on offense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think the strength of what this offense is about is tempo's got to be a big part of it. You know they got to be balanced. But, but I don't think you can be as dynamic in the passing game as you want to be if you can't make some use, some greater use of the middle of the football field. And I think that's a couple of areas where Tennessee must get back to kind of what their identity is when you start talking about, you know, moving forward in 24. Then you flip to the other side of the ball, and on third downs, yeah. middle of the field's open. It's yeah. always open. It's like 7-11. Well, they can't get off the field. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, you're sitting there watching them play – Austin, and it feels like you'd rather him be in third and two than third and eight because third and two feels like a potential stop. Third and eight feels like a first down. Um, they can't get home enough with, with pressure uh, with their front four. Um, they're not tight enough in the back end in their coverage. When they zone drop, Eric, and, and I'm not, I'm no linebacker, but when you zone drop, um, I think they drop too deep at times and allow shallow stuff underneath them to be a really easy pitch and catch. 
they're just having a really hard time on third and long doing anything right now. Well, the thing the thing with zone, and again, I mean, I'm not going to try to act like I'm a linebacker's coach or anything, but the thing with zone is even though you're playing zone, you're playing man within a zone. So if you have hook curl, you're dropping back to your hook curl. You're sitting there buzzing your feet. You're finding the number three or the number two receiver, and then you're going and collision them. I mean, that that's, that's kind of how it is. You're taught to play man within a zone. I think sometimes, to your point, you're going back and taking your zone drop and you're you're not looking for you know the dig coming behind you or the the slant coming across your face or whatever the case may be um you know that's something that's hurt Tennessee on third downs for sure Austin you're looking forward to Vanderbilt this weekend and Josh Heupel was asked about just a ton of injuries that's going on with Tennessee right now heading into the last week of the season he noted that Javante Spragan's going to miss the remainder of the season he's hopeful John Campbell Gerald Mincy can play at the tackle positions He's hopeful Jordan Thomas, Tamari McDonald can play in the secondary. Um, he said Wesley Walker is more questionable than the others. Um, this team's kind of limping to the finish line a little bit, but Tennessee needs some horses. And, you know, Vanderbilt's not going to be a great challenge, but you still need to be ready to go out there and play and, and secure a win. Well, we all say that, right? I mean, like, you know, Vanderbilt's going to have had two weeks to prepare. Now, they've not been very good this year. But, you know, can they muster something up for this could be their Super Bowl, so to speak? And, you know, I – I think, you know, Tennessee needs some of those bodies to be available uh, come Saturday. I mean, like, you know, Hubbard, I mean, the, the tackle spot, I mean, Dane Davis, I mean, I watched him walk out there in a boot on Saturday. I, you know, who knows if he'll be able to give it a go. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Tennessee's got to kind of figure some things out, you know, at the tackle spot, you know, on the right side if he can't go. And then who who, who is available? Is, is Mincy available? I know he came in and played at the end of the game. He's got the chronic knee deal and, you know, it seems to be kind of not getting any better. It's just kind of he needs, you know, to get to the end of the season and really rest on it. And then John Campbell, will he be able to go? Yeah, and I think if you're starting to talk about those things. Where would they go at tackle? Yeah. Right? If Dane Davis can't play on the right side, I mean, they brought in a guy in complete and utter mop-up duty for the last eight snaps of a game who has a chronic knee issue that he's trying to manage, who is as cold as cold could be, what the stretch – because they apparently didn't have anybody else who could pl who could play mop up duty right tackle snaps at the end of a football game, so so what are you looking like potentially this week at tackle, um, particularly on the right well on both sides? I mean, what what does that look like? I, I don't I don't know what the answer to that is. If now if Campbell can go, you can flip Crawford back over to the right side if you need to, and that's not a big deal there. You can make that work, but. If Campbell can't go and Crawford's over there, what do you what do you look like on the right side? That's that's certainly a, a concern and an issue. I think the other thing you worry about in a game like this, uh, and this is just a natural tendency, is like where's the motivation factor, right? I mean, this this should be a game that if you're Tennessee, if you if you come out and start fast and play the right way, you can break Vanderbilt's will pretty quick, right? They're 0 and 7, 2 and 9 on the season. You should be able to to take the will from them pretty quick. But what happens if you're letting them hang around? What what does that look like if you don't take care of your business early? Where is this team's focus and this team's motivation going into this game? Look, it's senior day. It should be there should be people motivated. Um, but you got a lot of guys dealing with a lot of things right now. And Austin and I talked about it on the two minute drill. Uh, Eric, I mean, you got 20 guys trying to figure out what they're going to do. Is, mm -hmm. is this the final run through the T for me, or is it not the final run through the T for me? Um, lots of decisions out there to make on all fronts in regards to the roster moving forward. Makes for a really interesting dynamic 
not just for Tennessee, but I think it's the case for a lot of teams around the country this time of year if you're not in the playoff chase, right? Yeah, you know, winter is coming, December is coming, and if you're a head football coach, that month winter of December. Winter is coming. You know, we, we talk about it all the time, about how that month is just so taxing for head football coaches, assistant coaches, because you're trying to get these guys finished off the semester the right way. You're trying to engage them in practice, getting ready for bowl preparation, finishing off your signing class, transfer portal window is going to be open, trying to navigate these COVID seniors if they want to come back to be a super senior. I mean, it's it's a whole lot going on at one time, and so the month of December is going to be super interesting. Back to the Vanderbilt game, like you were talking about, the motivation, it also makes matters worse to where, man, Vanderbilt is so bad. Like, I know they won the first two games, Alabama A&M and Hawaii. They've lost every game since. You know, looking at the first glance piece from last night, you can see statistically across the board defensively last in the conference and everything. They're last in the conference in, in most offensive categories. But still, knowing how bad that is and, and, and all that, you still got to be energized and ready to go. I would think two losses in a row, the way you lost, you're just ready to beat the crap out of somebody. You know, that would be my motivation. But also, their senior day. It's kneeling. I mean, there's a lot going on, but you can't play down to Vanderbilt's level because this is a horrible football team, Austin, but you can't you can't look at it that way. You just got to go out there and, and act like it's any other football game. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Wright is, you know, a little over 50 yards from 1,000 yards for the season. Um, I know that that's something that, you know, he wants to get to. Jerry Mack wants to get him to. Josh Heupel wants to get him to. Um, you know, so you would think he would come out and he would be, you know, ready to roll. And and so, um, you know, you're right. I, I think, you know, for any kid, when they go into a game, they know that they have a chance to put up some numbers. Um, you know, you get excited about that because you have a chance to kind of have yourself a day. And so, you know, you see Tyler Barron there on the return. I mean, you know, for, for players like Tyler Barron, for players, um, you know, that are seniors, you know, or, or whether they're going to go through it senior day or not, whether they're going to probably come back or not. Um, I think it's important to kind of end this thing on the right note. Um, I get the, you know, Florida game was a disappointment. Missouri game was a disappointment. You had a 20 to seven lead in Tuscaloosa. And then Georgia kind of went about like most people thought it would go. Um, but, you know, you still have a chance to go eight and four, which again, has only been done twice before Josh Heupel got here in 15 years. So, I mean, like, you know, down year, sure. Uh, understand some disappointment, but at the same time, it's not six and six or not making a bowl game. Well, and if your culture's where it's supposed to be and where you say it is, nobody wants to leave that stadium in their potential last game with a loss to a team that's over in conference play. Um, so you would, you would hope that there's motivation there and, and you would expect there to be motivation there. I, I think you're always, look, it's an odd week. It's a holiday week. Those guys have a lot of distraction going on. I think you have to be very aware if you're the head football coach and the coaching staff to make sure you're managing this team the right way this week. Um, and if you're a young player in this in, in right now, hey, this is you are turning the page, right? This this could be considered game one for for next year for you if you get an opportunity to play. And I think as a young player, that that's how you have to look at this is. All right, here we go. I mean, it's it's don't wait till the bowl game to be that the case. This is this is my time now. If I get an opportunity, look, I'm gonna have a great week on the practice field. And if somebody in front of me is not really ready to play, I am ready to play. Let's go see. Let's go get it done and see what we can do. And um, that's what you hope. You hope Tennessee comes out the right way. You know, with Jalen, 
I mean, Austin, he might hit a thousand yards on carry number one, and and we we might see him two more times. We might <laughs> what we'll do at that point. I mean, you know, but but the good news is he should get a thousand, and that's a heck of an accomplishment. Again, I'm with you. I don't understand the rotation, but what a year that that, that Jalen Riot has had run, running the football. Um, you know, and, and you know he's a guy that everybody talked about last summer, changing his body. He was a different guy, and he has backed that up all season long, which is a, which is a credit to him and um, tickled to death for the year that he's had because he's been outstanding and fun to watch. This is from Bill Martin on Monday, Tennessee Sports Information Director. Ball football, Jalen Wrights, you know, leads all FBS running backs in yards per carry at 7.4 with a minimum of 100 attempts. It's currently the best by an FBS running back in a season, minimum again, 100 attempts, since 2020 when four players had a better mark than that. Seven some top of season, and um, you know, hopefully he can finish strong. And something else that just popped up um, in my mind, when talking about bowl season and you know all that type of stuff, the players who elect to leave and go prepare for the NFL draft might opt out of that football game. Again, it's just so many different layers that these coaches have to navigate through for the month of December. So, well, and, and it, it's not just the month of December; it starts really. It's already started, but yeah. but it certainly starts in earnest Saturday night, Sunday morning when the game's over because you're getting ready to go on the road to recruit too. So, I mean, you're going to be in homes and you need to meet with players and figure out what you're doing. You're, you got transfer portal. I mean, you don't have enough phones and earpieces charged up to, to have all the communication that you need to really have in, in roster management, which is what makes this last week really fascinating for a lot of teams when you're not playing um, – you're not playing to stay in the playoffs or playing for a championship. Not to say the game's not meaningful, don't get me wrong, because it's for bowl status, right, AP, and 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 all those things. There is things there, but it, it, it's it's human nature for a lot of people to have their eye on the bigger picture down the road because there's so many crucial decisions to make. Well, maybe for those older guys. I mean, like, you know, and I know we've been talking about that, and you guys have both said it. Uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, you, you only get 12 opportunities, potentially 13. And, and yep. You know, a year, maybe fourteen, if you're lucky enough to get to Atlanta or, you know, the playoff or whatever. But I mean, you only get twelve. I mean, like, man, like, you better make it count. You know, um, you know, I, I would be. I mean, if I if I'm a kid again, kids are built differently than you know, um, twenty five years ago. But I mean, like, if I'm if I'm a kid, I'm like, I'm so pumped to play in this game. And you put work in every day. You'll go back you know, and starting in January, you'll start working for next year. So all that work you did this past January and February and March and April and right through the summer, all the way through the season. Like you, this is finally time to showcase it. You know, I, you know, I mean, I, again, I just think anybody that can't get up to play, um, you know, in your, in the final game of the regular season and an SEC game, you know, something's wrong. So, I mean, like, I, I just, I'm, I guess for me, like, you know, even if you're a senior, like this should be like a, such a big deal. Well, I mean, in some ways, it's probably easier for the seniors because you can look at it and say, hey, I don't want to go out on my last note being this. But for some of those other guys, they're getting, you know, they're getting the phone buzz of, you know, hey, personal trainer. I mean, are you happy? You know, because I've gotten calls from from five schools who would be interested in you if you're interested in in, in leaving. You know, you're not getting enough of this or you're not getting a lot of rep here. I mean, they have a those guys have a ton of things much much greater thing or much 
more significant things in their inbox that they're dealing with, so to speak, than a senior who cut and dry, it's your last game. Right? And and it's the last time you will ever play at this stadium. The last time you run through the tee. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, it'll be an emotional day for some of those seniors, too. Not only the last football game, potentially, uh, but 100% will be the last game you ever play at Neyland for some of those super seniors and guys who leave. So, yeah, I think it'll be super easy for the senior the senior guys and uh, to, to get motivated for this one. So we will continue to preview Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Of course, Tennessee basketball going on right now, the Maui Invitational, all that coverage over to VolQuest.com. As always, big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions for making all of this possible. Do want to give a quick shout-out uh, as well to a new sponsor of the show. That is Factor. This holiday season, you might be looking for something nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on those jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal service, delivery service, and it can fuel you up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, a dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, you'll stay on track with a healthy lifestyle and uh, tracking all your holiday to-dos. Just the other day, I got home from you know covering a press conference at Neyland Stadium or over at the Anderson Training Facility, and I walked up and there was a box on my front door, looked at it, there was like 10 of these meals from Factor, the selection was incredible. I've eaten a couple of those for lunch the past couple of days. Lemon chicken, barbecue bowl, awesome vegetables in there. They're really, really good, too. No cleanup, all less than two minutes as well. So that can happen for you during this busy time as well by going to factormeals.com slash VQ. Use the promo code VQ, and you're going to get 50% off your purchase. That's promo code VQ at factormeals.com slash VQ for 50% off. Make it easy on yourself. Eat well, eat good with Factor Meals. And again, thank you as always to Exterior Home Solutions for making this podcast possible. You know, life happens and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient, quality work with financing options. Exterior Home Solutions, they value not only family, but community. And they're who I call when life happens, and you should too. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Big thanks as always to our friends Exterior Home Solutions. Now let's talk about a massive football weekend, recruiting weekend that just happened over at Tennessee. And um, uh, a lot of headliners on campus. First, we want to start with five-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton. Austin, I want to get your thoughts on him in a moment. Uh, but first, uh, a guy that was excited coming out of the visits, uh, really pleased with everything that went on, the the talent that was in-house. Here's what Jordan Seaton had to say about his visit with Tennessee. The relationship with Coach Hype, I, I, he, for, for the, the amount of time that we knew each other in this recruiting process, it's like um, I knew him for a lot of years, you know. Um, just just the consistency and the 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 determination and dedication that he has to, you know, still be in season and then, you know, call me from his personal cell and uh, have conversations like that, um, that means a lot to me, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, Colorado brings the stars out, but I feel like Tennessee brought the stars out this weekend. Um, 
you know, just being able to see uh, the alumni base that they had, the uh, connections that they got from their point of, uh, from, from, from their program, my bad, um, is very good. And, you know, every uh, Tennessee fan base goes from forever. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. And just the connections and the, and the way they can tap, tap into their net worth and network is insane. So, Wallace, I'm going to hand off to you right now. Five official visitors, number one offensive tackle from IMG Academy, Jordan Seaton. He was absolutely the headliner. Is Tennessee in this one? What's your feel uh, after Jordan Seaton left campus? Yeah, they've been in it since he was here unofficially about uh, five or six weeks ago. And uh, this weekend only solidified them being a major player. Oregon, uh, Ohio State, uh, you know, also heavily in play. We'll see if he takes another visit. He was non-committal. Says this is the last one he has on the books. We'll see. Um, says he wants to go home and do a lot of thinking. Um, he's going to be back home up in the D.C. area um, with his family for Thanksgiving, and um, we'll see if he takes any other trips. I mean, Oklahoma's a possibility. Um, I don't think Alabama's totally out of it, but it feels like they've faded a little bit for him. Um, you know, so you know Tennessee's definitely in it for Jordan Seaton. Um, you know, and, and we'll see. You know, kind of what his next step is is it going to be another visit or two or does he truly kind of just shut it down and start working towards a decision which i don't think will be announced until signing day on december 20th but does he go ahead and start just you know focusing in on those two or three schools and and, and roll with it i think yeah, it's gonna be, i think it's going to be fascinating to see not just the visits austin but how many people th- does he let in to, to come to the house and 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 recruit him or come to the school and yeah. spend a lot of time with him and do the in-home visits. I mean, I know he's got a top seven, but but is he is he going to do is he going to do seven in-homes? You know, a week. I mean, how is kind of how is, is is are they going to handle that? Does he really narrow this thing down? Does some people pull out of it and say, hey, we don't have a shot there, move on to someone else? Is everybody going to stay in it till the finish line? I, I think kind of the vibe of that one behind the scenes is pretty fascinating. Not that, not that Jordan Seaton was lying on camera or wasn't telling the truth, but I mean, he's been pretty noncommittal about a lot of things, right? I mean, he's kind of played it as most good recruits do right down the middle. So kind of privately, where do a lot of these schools really think they stand with Jordan Seaton? I think it's an interesting story. Well, and with him being at IMG, you know, how do, how, how, how will the in, in homes in the month of December work? You know, I mean, you know, families will be in one place. He's potentially in another. Um, you know, and I remember what, what was it? Arian Foster's mom was in one place, dad was in another, and Randy Sanders was having to go, you know, two Coach, different places. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, gotta, you got to do it all on the same day. Yeah, so, correct. I mean, you, you can go, you can go see Jordan and IMG Academy, and then fly to Maryland and see the family that night. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, to 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 recruit him over the course of the next four weeks with the in-homes and stuff. I mean, you're making a real commitment time, you know, time-wise to trying to see a lot of people. Not that you're not going to, but I think what you have to try to figure out if you're a school is, am I really in it to the point that, that, that this is the investment we need to make? And then Jordan Seaton and his family have to decide how much of this do we want to go through kind of every day? You know what I mean? That, that to me is going to be kind of interesting to watch and, and see how, how, he handles it beyond just visits uh, yes. over the course of the next couple of weeks. So you look at Jordan Seaton there, and obviously that's going to be one that's going to come down to the wire. That's, you know, Tennessee, an absolute priority. Want to get a listen to some 2025s that headline this weekend as well. But Austin, 
been reading yours and Matt's work over there on the side, obviously. Uh, four other official visitors in there, a couple of JUCO guys, and you know, tied in that Tennessee likes very well. A couple of guys that didn't make it in. Anything else about the 24s from this weekend that was noteworthy and uh, will be something to pay attention to down here the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think Tennessee really did a, uh, themselves a lot of good with Roger Saliaponga, the uh, tied in from Utah, who's originally from Long Beach, grew up playing uh, Little League ball with Nico and Madden. That's back when Madden was a he became a hot shot quarterback who's thrown 40 touchdowns and only three picks and led his team to a state championship game appearance this in week. his first year of playing really first, like starting i guess yeah that's correct um so you know roger is tennessee and oregon and uh, i think it's probably too close to call at this point but i think tennessee definitely put themselves in a position to where wouldn't be surprised if roger pulled the trigger for the balls you know a lot of people have pat and pegged for oregon um, for a while, but Tennessee is, uh, I think, you know, showcased well there. The family feels very comfortable in Knoxville. The question is, is you know, once they kind of reconvene, you know, the Polynesian families, they kind of make a family decision on this type of thing. What does the uh, verdict turn out to be? But I definitely think it's Tennessee or Oregon. Um, you know, he's got a top four that includes also Utah and Auburn. Doesn't sound like he's going to take that Auburn visit and uh, do not believe he's going to go to Utah. So it's Oregon or Tennessee for the tight end. And then there's Elias Williams, the uh, – defensive lineman from uh, Florida who is committed to Missouri, was at uh, Alabama last weekend, was at Tennessee this weekend. He's tough to read. Like, I mean, like I, I talked to people at Alabama, they, they had a trouble reading with reading him. People at Tennessee have had, had trouble trying to get a feel for him. So be interested to kind of see how, uh, you know, how his, how his recruitment plays out. What's his next step? Does he come to a decision pretty quick or does he kind of let this thing play out over the next three or four weeks before signing day? All right, I got two questions before we go to the 25s, maybe three. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, AP. We're gonna put you on the spot with a couple more here. Uh, but the the fact that <laughs> the fact that Cam Michael didn't make it in and Michael Smith, the tight end, didn't make it in. Uh, is 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 that Tennessee on the outside looking in? I mean, is is the tight end from Savannah just not realistic if he's not gonna come up here and, and take a ride up here with his quarterback to look at Tennessee. And then secondly, with the junior college defensive lineman, is that a waiting game for Tennessee because they are they have to wait and see what the COVID guys do versus what the need is for those junior college players? What's the timeline with, with that? And those are my three questions. Uh, Brent, I would appreciate if you would uh, ask them separately next time. Um, okay, three questions. I'm going to ask them separately. Question number one. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I, I will start. We'll go in reverse. You know, the Ju- the JUCOs. We'll we'll see. Like I think Tennessee really likes Brian Taylor um, a good a good bit. But you know that one's got Georgia, Florida. Like you know it. it that one's going to be you know it's going to last a few weeks. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Tennessee will probably have a better feel for kind of what they need and who's coming back and who's not coming back by then. Um, you know, uh, what was it? The first question. I was asking. I was asking about. All right, can't let's just Michael. Yeah, let's see Cam Michael. Uh, he didn't come back. I, you know, that one's felt like Georgia for a while. Like if you go back okay. to when I did this spot with um, Josh Newberg late last week, I just said I just don't feel like it's Tennessee. Now I could end up being wrong. Could he pick Tennessee? Sure, but I just don't. It doesn't. Nothing about that recruitment makes me think balls. Um, you know, so so like that one just feels like it's kind of you know I won't even say trending. It's kind of just drifting away. Um, Tight end from Savannah. As for Michael Smith, you know, I think that he's still gettable for Tennessee. I think the kid just he doesn't really take a lot of trips anywhere, and I think 
you know, if he, for him to come up here with the Merklingers, he was going to have to leave after the game Friday night. He didn't really want to leave after the game Friday night. He wanted to kind of leave Saturday morning. Um, they were going to be driving part of the way to Atlanta, and you know, he, you know, he just chose not to come. Uh, I don't. I think everybody I talk to says he's looking to not go to South Carolina. And so I, I believe that's the case. Auburn's also in play for Michael Smith. But I'm going to tell you right now, I like Michael Smith. But having seen Roger this weekend, if I'm going high school route, and, and they probably do need to go high school and portal for tight end because they only have Ethan Davis coming back, I would rather have Roger. Um, I think, you know, I think Michael's probably more ready to play now, but I think Roger is the better prospect long term. Roger. He's put on 15 pounds since he was here in the summertime, and he looks fantastic. And when you get him in the college weight room, I think he's going to have no problem being 245 and be really good. So, um, you know, again, I, if I'm Tennessee, I would take either one I could get if I can get either one. Um, but if I'm picking, if Austin Price is picking, I kind of like Roger having seen Roger. But no matter what, somebody's going to have to play in. alongside Ethan Davis <laughs> next year, and that's probably going to be poor. You need warm bodies, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we talked about the number one overall offensive tackle uh, from IMG Academy, Jordan Seaton. That's 2024. Let's go to the 2025 class, the top five player in the country, number one offensive tackle, five-star David Sanders, made his way up to Neyland Stadium to see Tennessee this past weekend. Here's what David Sanders said about the volunteers while leaving the stadium Saturday night. Tennessee has been one of those schools that have been probably in my recruitment so far, uh, so they're definitely – Probably doing the best out of everybody in my opinion. It was just a cool experience to have him uh, come see me pregame, uh, saying that he, I'm a priority for him and their program, which is uh, nice to hear from him. But I uh, love Coach Ellaby and everything he has going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it pushes them up um, a bunch. I mean, their their crowd, even when they got down, they were still up and excited about the game. Um, seeing the guys interact with each other on the sideline was pretty cool as well. Even though they were down, they were still happy and having fun with the game. So. Uh, obviously, Tennessee was also already um, a school I was heavily interested in, but after today's visit, I, I really liked them a lot. Just their personalization with the recruitment process, I think they do a great job just staying connected. That's the biggest thing. Um, a lot of schools don't really reach out as much as I thought they were, even though they're allowed to now. Uh, but Tennessee does a great job with that, for sure. Awesome. That that last part right there, that, that is good to hear, staying connected, reaching out all the time. Um, because you know, we, we've seen the deficiencies in some of the younger offensive linemen on this team right now. And so, you know, Bennett Warren, you're talking about he's in this class. You know, Jordan Seaton, who you're trying to get in the 24 class, looking ahead, getting ahead of the ball, because this one's going to be a long journey here for David Sanders. A lot of good things to say about Tennessee, um, and, and that's one you'd love to get have a building piece in that 25 class. Well, you're going to, much like Seaton, to, to – get David Sanders to land him, you're going to literally battle the creme de la creme yep. of college football powerhouses. I mean, this kid's freaky long, athletic, uh, prototypical left tackle. Um, you know, and again, he's kind of right there in your wheelhouse as far as your footprint. I mean, Charlotte, North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, I think will be a place that Tennessee spends more time in the 25 class, um, not just for David Sanders, but other guys. But, you know, David Sanders is absolutely a guy that Tennessee – has uh, targeted, um, much like every other school in the country. But, you know, they've spent a lot of time trying to work that relationship and understanding that, hey, he's only four hours away. Uh, the state of North Carolina is not great for football as far as, like, college football. And so, like, that's why Georgia, Clemson, all these other schools try to get in there and, and take a swing. And, and Tennessee's trying to get back to kind of one of their old uh, hotbeds from many moons ago.
So you look at David Sanders there, and let's go and, and end on this one. The quarterback, Tennessee's pick for the 2025 class, of course, um, you know, he'll have a big decision to make, you know, first of, of the year around January or whatnot. But George McIntyre back on campus, uh, checking out Tennessee, and he caught up with VolQuest while leaving the stadium. Here's what George McIntyre said. Yeah, it was great. I love being around these guys. Uh, you know, it's a cool university, cool city. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely feel like they're a program that's their trajectory is going up. So, you know, just Georgia's a good team. You know, I feel like everyone loses to Georgia. So, you know, you can't blame them too much for that. So. Yeah, you know, the biggest thing is he's been there, done that. He's been a quarterback at the highest level, um, you know, and, uh, you know, he, he knows how to coach them. So I think that that's a big addition um, to recruiting and knowing that he's been there, done that, and, and can be his guys with Trudeau. So, yeah. yeah, I think when they're rolling, they're, when they're rolling. And uh, when they're rolling, they're throwing the football well. So, you know, the, I, I saw what they could do last year, you know, with Hendon. And, uh, you know, I, I like the offense. I think it would be a good fit. Being around the program more, you see, you know, how they win, how they lose, how they handle wins, how they handle losses, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, from being here, I feel like they're very mellow. They're, they're uh, kind of tunnel vision and where they're kind of still the same goal, even, you know, the outcome might be different. So a guy that's kind of hard to read to begin with, but this is about his 20th time up here at Tennessee. Does he have a pulse? Does he? I mean, seriously. Like, if, if I'm signing anybody up to, to pass a to pass a polygraph test when he's lying, it's George. Like he 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 is fantastic. Like and again, that's why I always tell the nat and that's why I try to tell the board and why I try to tell the national guys. If you're trying to read George McIntyre, you're going to fail. Period. Fail. Like that kid is unbelievable. Like he he doesn't show any emotion one way or the other. You know, when you get him to smile or laugh, it is like, whoa, you feel like you have accomplished something major. So, I mean, like, it's a, he, he, is, he is steady Eddie. He's a flat line. And, you know, he's, he, he is something else. So, where do you think Tennessee is with this one, obviously? I mean, it's the front runner. It's, it's right up there. It has been for a long time. Of course, his sister goes to school here. He said in that interview we just played, you can check it out at revolquest.com, that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be a business decision. But, doesn't think he needs to go to junior days. He's been to all these schools so many different times. Feels like he's, you know, wanting to go ahead and put this put this behind him, but of course he's not there yet. After this coming weekend, he's going to visit LSU this weekend. He'll have yeah. been to um, two Alabama games in Tuscaloosa, two, two games in Knoxville, two games in Baton Rouge. He'll have been to a game at UCLA, he'll have been to a game at FIU, and he went to the season opening game at Nissan Stadium, Virginia, you know, in Tennessee. So technically seen Tennessee more than any of them. Um, and, and been here like six or seven times since January. So, I mean, you know, I continue to believe Tennessee's in a really good spot there. I know some national guys that picked Alabama. I'm going to disagree with them. Uh, I, I think Alabama's in it. I don't think it's like they're not in it, but I, I think a lot of this stuff just checks off for Tennessee in the end. So I will continue to kind of maintain where I've said that I think Tennessee's at. And I think Tennessee right now is, uh, you know, is in a good a spot as they can be in for George McIntyre. And as we wrap things up here, kind of kind of lay out the timeline here. Of course, you got Vanderbilt's, you know, game to conclude the regular season. Tennessee, then, as Brent mentioned, that staff's going to hit the road. You know, in home, go recruit. Kind of lay the timeline out here until signing day. Well, it'll be yeah. I mean, you know, you'll have the game, and then you know this weekend, and then you'll have uh, just a lot of off campus recruiting. Then Tennessee will have official visitors here the second and, and third weekends of December, and of course signing day coming up uh, on the twentieth of December, and so you know. In between all that time, you'll have people going in the portal, you know, for Tennessee, against Tennessee. Like, you know, it, the month of December is a, a thrill a minute. Well, you got portal visits coming in there, too, which can yep. be fascinating potentially. 
Um, now they don't, you know, because they go in the portal, they don't have to make an immediate decision. But a lot of guys have ideas who they want to see. Absolutely, this thing done fast. You know, Tennessee is a school that starts late in January in terms of their academics, but that's not the case for everybody else that you're competing with. So some of these guys are wanting to get some stuff done pre-Christmas. So you got to manage that on top of in-home visits and other official visits and, and everything else that's going on. It is a um, it is a really hectic time, but it is it has become the most critical time in in, in developing and and creating the the landscape of your football team for the upcoming season is that short span in December. So going to be fascinating to watch for sure. Hey, I know we're ending here, but real quick, also, I do have one more question about those two junior college defensive linemen that were here. A lot of times JUCOs come in, you got to check the boxes, measurables, you know, medicals, check all that out. Everything go well, checking the boxes wise with Brian Taylor and uh, Kamari Copeland. Yeah, I think Brian Taylor, Brian Taylor's probably a, a much taller. I mean, Copeland's a, you know, He's a smaller kid as far as like height, um, you know, but, uh, you know, Taylor, yeah, I mean, both kids were, were fine. And then your thoughts on Tyler Redmond, Tennessee getting another commit from Milton for the 25 class and then in the defensive backfield. Yeah, we'll see if they all stick. I mean, you know, you get three kids from Atlanta area at the same high school and same defensive backfield um, committing really early, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but, I mean, hey, you know, you, you take them when you can get them and you know, kind of we'll see where this thing goes from here. He is long. I mean, that's something that they're looking for in the back end is length. And at six foot one, he's got some length to him, uh, which uh, I think is uh, as encouraging part of what Tennessee is looking for. But you're right. Long way to the finish line for for any of those guys at this point in time. Yep. Tons and tons of recruiting coverage over at VolQuest.com right now and throughout the week. We'll have trail tidbits coming up uh, tomorrow with Matt Ray. And, of course, all your preview for Tennessee and Vanderbilt, Tennessee basketball, the Maui Invitational, all that and more. It is at VolQuest.com. Like and subscribe to this video if you haven't already. Subscribe uh, to the VolQuest on the YouTube channel. But uh, stay dialed into the journal's quarters, $1 for one month. It's happening right now over at VolQuest.com. For Brent Hubs and Austin Price, I am Eric Kane. As always, thank you again to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.